Proverbs chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 23 through 27. <clears throat> Keep thy heart <clears throat> with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. May the Lord bless the reading of the Scriptures, shall we pray. Our Heavenly Father, would thou speak to hearts today. Help us to observe the reading of the Scripture that teaches us to look straight on, to go forward, to not look to the right nor the left, but just to keep on doing what you told us to do and keep on being right, keep on separating from evil. Lord, have your way in this service today. If there are those who have never been saved, may they be saved this morning. We as thy children, Lord, we have a message here today for us. And help us that we may listen, may we hear it, may we uh, do what is bidden in this Scripture. For Jesus' sake, amen. <clears throat> I'd like to speak on the subject this morning. Subject title of Stay on the Main Line. In Mindanao, as far as I know, we no longer have any railroad uh, rails and, and railroad tracks, but in the industrial countries, their rail system is a popular means of transportation in my country in the United States which is about 3,000 miles from Los Angeles to New York. That is approximate the same distance from Davao to Tokyo and back again. And then from the north to the south, you have about 1,500 or 1,500 miles, uh, 1,200 miles, and... Uh, that's about the distance from here to Manila and back. And so the rail system was originally set up. They would have the feeder lines coming in from the small places, and those were some big lines also. And then they had the main lines. Uh, one was the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. One was the Baltimore and the Ohio. One was the, well, there's different... Uh, rail companies and they crisscrossed the United States and on those railroad tracks you had not only the feeder lines that came to the main line because almost everything that was shipped almost every all the people that went any distance at all would take a feeder line to the main line then they'd catch their train, and then they were on the main track. And uh, But there's another track besides the feeder line and the main line, 
there's the side track. The side track is on feeder lines and on the main line. And the priority, whatever train has priority, whatever is most important does not set on the side track. Because if there is only two tracks, one, one railroad track for one train to go, if there are true trains going in the opposite direction, before they meet, there is to be a side track. And the train that has the least priority will go on the side track, and there it will wait. I remember taking during the uh, during my military career, I took a regular train from Kansas up to Washington, uh, Seattle, up in that area, Oregon and Washington, and we were just on a common old train, and it seemed that we spent more time sitting on the side tracks than we did on the main line. And uh, we'd pull in and I'd say, well, this is it. Then I'd look around and there wasn't anything around except just fields and and uh, maybe the desert or something. And there we sat, out in the middle of nowhere, and we just sat. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything. We just sat. And there was one time that we sat for over an hour. And finally, here came a train by. And, of course, it had a cargo which was more important than our cargo, and I thought I was more important than their cargo, but they disagreed with me. But <clears throat> my thought today is <clears throat> that we ought to stay on the main line. And uh, when I was riding the train, why, when I first got into the military, I was on a troop train. We never stopped one time. Not one time except just to refuel. From the time we left Arkansas until the time we got to Aberdeen, Maryland. Never stopped one time. Day and night. Chugga, 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 clack, clack, clack. All along and we had no place to lay down. We sat up in the seat. And uh, my, that was miserable. And uh, no pretty scenery to see because the railroad track takes you right down through... Uh, <clears throat> the worst part of town, the backside of the desert. <clears throat> and so we we had a non-stop because we had a priority on the troop train. And so today I'd like to keep you on the main line, not on a feeder line, not on, it's certainly not on a side track. And I have a feeling that there's a number of our people that are on a side track think you got sidetracked. You may have been on the main line, but something took priority over the main line and you got sidetracked. It wasn't God who switched you on the sidetrack, it was you. You're the one. You say, oh, but this came up in my life. No, you should be in control of your life. If you're on a sidetrack, it's your job to get back on the main line. Don't blame someone else. Don't blame God. Don't wait for God to do something, but you be the one to switch it over and get on the main line. You say, well, what is the main line? Well, 
The Bible tells us in a number of scriptures that there is a main line for all Christians. Just as there was a main purpose for Jesus Christ, so there is a main purpose for every one of us. In John chapter 17, verse 18, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Just as Jesus was sent into the world, so we are sent into the world. As we read on, we find in Matthew 9:13, For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. In John 3:17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In John 10:10, 10, 10, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. There was one reason that Jesus came, and it was to save sinners. There is one reason that we have of existing in this world, and that is, as Jesus repeated in John 20, 21, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And so as Jesus came into the world to save lost sinners, your purpose and my purpose is to do the same. If you and I are not active, <clears throat> if we are not actively winning people to Christ, if we are not bringing men and women, young men and young ladies, boys and girls to the church, teaching them about Christ, winning them to Christ, letting them get saved, showing them how to be saved, praying for people to be saved, visiting that people might be saved, working and living that people might be saved, you're on a sidetrack. If you're a new Christian, it's possible you may be on a feeder line up to the main track. But I hope you get on the main track real quick because that is our job. You see... It is very easy to get on a sideline. So many people find it uh, very simple to get on a sideline. They get sidetracked. <clears throat> Let me name a few. The social gospel. To feed, <clears throat> to clothe, to give medicine to, to get involved in politics, and human rights movements. 
social gospel. Even education can be put into that. And I fear that there are too many adults, young people, and children that make a God out of education. Seems that we ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We just continually cram our heads full of knowledge that we do not use. Knowledge that does not help us to stay on the main line. You take even church organization and, and it like clothing and feeding and medicine and politics and education is needed. Church organization is needed, but is it an end in itself? Is our church organization just a uh, well-oiled uh, machinery? It got rusty and fell apart this morning because half of our parts are missing. Uh, half of our gears are missing. And uh, some of our teachers are gone. Some of our singers are gone. And some of our people that are involved in the teaching and the welcoming and the uh, making this church organize in a proper way and it functions that we have a good service. Many of our people are gone today and yet we know that that happens every once in a while but and I'm not really talking about them this morning. But I am talking about how many times generally people uh, get involved in just ed, uh, get involved in the organization and the organization becomes an end in itself. I sing in the choir because I sing in the choir. No purpose other than to sing in the choir. I sing in the choir because I want to use my talent. I enjoy the fellowship, etc., etc. Uh, I go on visitation because it's Friday night. I go on visitation because I don't want Pastor Shot to scold me on Wednesday night. I go on visitation because uh, it's in the qualifications. The first thing you know why... Uh, the preacher is preaching because it's his job to preach. And uh, uh, the ushers usher because uh, people are there to usher. And the first thing you know, we just start going around and around and we have a well-organized and a well-functioning service and everything is going good and no one is getting saved. Reminds me much of a, of a little animal in a cage. How many of you have had or you have seen uh, squirrels or hamsters or guinea pigs or some other animal that you put them inside of a, a, a little cage and when they walk up the side, why the cage turns. And the faster they walk, the faster the cage turns. When they start running, the cage starts going faster and faster and faster and by and by, the little fellow will stop and make a flip, and then he'll go backwards, and then he'll go forward, and he'll go backwards, and my, there's much, there's much activity, but he's not going anywhere. He's not doing anything. All he is doing is exercising. And so many times, you and I are just on a sidetrack. Oh, we're moving slowly, if the sidetrack is long enough. 
But really, we're not going anywhere. We've been sidetracked. A lot of activity, but no results. Many services, and no concern in the heart. Many, many lost people that come, but no tears in the eyes of God's people. Invitation is given. The preacher preaches. He gives the word of God that will save anyone that will believe. The music plays. The altar is open. But no one comes. Why? Because too many of God's people have been sidetracked. They're sitting on the sideline. They're no longer uh, out on the main line. I could even use the basketball uh, or the soccer. And any good player, there's one thing he does not want to occupy. There's one position no basketball player ever wants to occupy, and that's the bench. That's the bench. He, he'll play any position there is to play, but he does not want to play the bench. Does not want to be the water boy. Does not want to be the one who mops up the sweat. He does not want to. He wants to be on the main line. He wants the ball in his hand. He wants to have the opportunity to shoot that goal. And as long as you're on the sidetrack and as long as you're on the bench, where so many of us are, no matter what your goal is, you'll never reach it because you're not going anywhere. If you're on the bench, even though you can see the goal and it's your goal to put the ball in the goal, you'll never be able to put the ball in the goal because you're on the sideline. You're not out in the game. And oh, how many times as God's people and the whole church is sitting on the sideline, we've been sidetracked because of the social gospel and church organization and sometimes we'll get so involved in finances Finances that are so badly needed, but to pay the bills and to build, and the purpose is to win souls for Jesus Christ. Even Bible study. I think one of the Every office has a Bible study. Everybody wants a Bible study, but nobody wants to win souls. Nobody wants to go to church. No one wants to go out and knock on doors. No one wants to give up anything. They just want to study the Bible. They just study and they talk about a deeper life. And they want to be a deeper life Christian. And they want more Christianity. And they want to know more about the uh, 666 and the 777 and the 222. Especially the last two. And uh, they can go on and do all of those things and Bible studies. And yet... Uh, they study for what? If they just want to learn, and Jesus said, search the Scriptures, for in them they will show you, they speak of me. And if you're going to learn about Jesus, then you'll go to the book of Acts and you see what happens when, when people are learning about Jesus. They have boldness to witness to people about Jesus Christ. And even the lost people will take knowledge that they had been with Jesus. So we find that even fellowship. Fellowship is good. It's necessary. You need fellowship. It's hard to grow without fellowship. I've never seen an ear of corn 
very large or healthy, that grew all by itself. It needs the other corn stalks for the pollinization to really be complete. We need fellowship. But what is our, what's the purpose of fellowship? The purpose to fellowship, what is it? Just to enjoy? People tell, oh, I just love the fellowship. I really enjoy the fellowship. But that's not the purpose of fellowship, is just to enjoy it. The purpose of fellowship is to make you strong is to help you and encourage you to win others to Jesus Christ. Fellowship is like food. Eating food properly will help make your body healthy. But too many people eat to live while others live to eat. What do you do? Do you eat to live and to be strong and to do your work? Or do you live to eat? Your main goal in life is to eat. To eat more. Eat some more. And eat much more. If you don't believe that, let us have a big feed here and announce it among our members. We'll have almost 100% members present at a big feed because they like to eat and too many people they simply live to eat and so it is with fellowship there are too many people who live to fellowship they come to church to fellowship their whole life is just to fellowship anything that will give me fellowship they will join almost anything to be able to have fellowship oh we have such good fellowship at our bible study who teaches your bible study Oh, we have a charismatic teaching it. And oh, you love the fellowship. My friend, we ought to be careful with whom we fellowship because fellowship is similar to junk food. Fellowship is similar to junk food. Junk food. If you've been reading your paper, you've been noticing some of the people involved in the school canteens are trying to get the school canteens to take out the junk food and start feeding some nutritious food rather than the crackies and the snappies and the poppies. And they just have a bag full of nothing. They've got a bag full of salt and sugar and, and uh, uh, ajinomoto. <coughs> And eating that stuff keeps you from eating something that will strengthen you. And many times, your so-called fellowship, your so-called fellowship with somebody does not strengthen you. Because fellowship sometimes is companionship. And oh, how many times workers become so close. They become so close to each other. Two Christians in a church become so close to each other. Sometimes it's a boy and a girl. Sometimes it's two girls. Sometimes it's two boys. Sometimes it's two wives. Sometimes it's two husbands. Uh, they get too close. And uh, their fellowship, they just live for fellowship with each other. 
Some of you could not possibly come to church and sit with anyone else other than that one favorite barcada of yours. You, you just couldn't sit with anybody else. Because that's the reason you come to church, is to be able to sit together and to fellowship together because your whole life centers around just fellowshipping with that one particular individual and that leads to an unhealthy situation. It brings unhappiness. And above everything else, it puts you on a sidetrack and it keeps you from being a soul winner. You do not become a team member. You're not involved in the team. You're involved in your own little, uh, little fellowship within the big fellowship. Our church should be a fellowship. But the fellowship is not the main purpose. The main purpose is winning souls to Jesus Christ. And we fellowship to get strong in the Lord. And if all you ever fellowship with is one of your favorite barcadas, you will find that you become weak and weak and weak. You don't believe me? You look at the many that have done that. You look at the many who have fallen into the trap of just one or two in my fellowship. That's why we preach so hard against cliques and, and uh, little groups within our group is because it leads to that which is unhealthy and it will not keep us on the main track. And that's what I want to talk about now. How do you stay on the main track? Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Are you following Jesus? The Bible said in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 says, but we see Jesus. But we see Jesus. Oh, let me see Jesus only. Let my church activity and let my hour or two when I come to church and when I get involved in the things of God, may that time that I am here in the house of God that I do not have eyes for just one or two or a little group, but that I may have eyes for Jesus and that I might be a channel of blessing to anybody that God wants me to be a channel of blessing to. I'll be friendly to everyone. I'll do my best to help people. I will not be blinded by too close of a fellowship. Stay on the main line. The question is, who are you following? In Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul made mention to the people. He said, Philippians 3:17, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as you have seen us for an example. Mark them. Mark who you should follow. Paul said, follow me. Be ye followers of me. And I'd like to call your attention to the reason why Paul was able to say that, because in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, he said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Paul did not have any trouble with material things. He tithed. He was a generous giver. Material things did not keep him from serving God. He said, 
Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. And in all of this, what Paul believed about Christ, Paul was following Christ. You will find him there, if by any means I have obtained unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I've already attained. He said, I'm not perfect. Either we're already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. This one thing I do. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. One name, the name of Jesus. And Paul had a job to do, and he said, This one thing I do. He was on the main line, and it was a soul-winning line. He said, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. And then he says, Verse 17, Brethren, be followers. Be followers of me. In other words, your preacher ought to be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Should never hypocritically get up and say, follow me. You do as I say, but don't do as I do. That's a bad, that's a sorry individual that will say that. It's a sorry mother and a father that will tell their children, now you do what I tell you to do, don't you do like I do. If you've got a philandering father, a father who has to chase other women, what a hypocrite for him to turn around and tell his son to stay just with one young lady. How hypocritical can we get in this world? How hypocritical do we expect other people to give when we don't give? We enjoy the electric fan, but we won't help pay the bills. What kind of a, what kind of an individual are you? What kind of an individual are you when you are going to let someone else pay the bills and you just slide along as a freebie? That's cheap. Your whole life will be cheap. You say, well, I'm a Christian. You're a cheap Christian. You're a cheap Christian. You ought not let that happen. You ought to say, I'm going to follow, I'm going to follow somebody, I'm going to be somebody, I'm going to do something for the glory of God. And get your eyes on Jesus. And then as the organizational system in our church, why you have a, you have a pastor, you have a teacher, you have someone that you can follow, you can put your, uh, confidence in, and say, I follow you as you follow Christ. When you stop following Christ, I stop following you. I've had a few heroes in my life. I think all of us do. Back through the years, I've had preachers, people that I have admired, I've looked up to, I've patterned my life after. 
And a couple of them, not many, but a couple of them have disappointed me. But never did I quit because they quit. And the reason I did not quit is not because I'm so good and I'm so strong, but because the source of my strength was not in them. The source of my strength is in Him. And when you put your trust in man, and as he serves the Lord, you serve the Lord. And when he quits serving the Lord, you're going to quit serving the Lord. I guarantee you, you will not serve the Lord very long. Because there is no man that will not disappoint you. Remember that. There is a reward for staying on the main line. In the book of James chapter 5 and verse 20 as we bring this to a close we have our baptizing yet James chapter 5 verse 20 let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin there's no greater joy than to win somebody to Jesus Christ Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 and we'll not turn there but it says they that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. They that be wise. If you're wise, you stay on the main line. You win souls because that is the main line. That does not mean that you can be careless about other things. You see, your separation from this world your dedication to God becomes the becomes a source of uh, area where God can use you. He will not use a dirty vessel. He will not use a weak vessel. And so you must be strong in the Lord, and you must be clean in the Lord. And when you do... Your purpose of all that is to win others to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shall we stand for prayer? <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, speak to hearts today, and those that are not saved, may they be saved before it is too late. Undoubtedly, there has been a soul winner that cared enough to invite people to come to the house of the Lord to pray and to explain the way of salvation, that we have many, many guests and visitors. Some are even the very first time, others are second, third, and fourth time visitors. But Lord, among all of our people today, if there are those who have never been saved, may they come and be saved today by trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. We that are thy children, Lord, help us to be soul winners for Jesus' sake. Amen. We're going to sing an invitation song. What are we saying? 82? Page 82 in our songbook, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Soul winning isn't just pushing somebody and getting them to come down to the front. Soul winning is taking your Bible and patiently and consistently showing people how to be saved, living a life that agrees with it.
We have personal workers here that would love to take their Bible and just open it and show you what God says on how to go to heaven. You can be saved. Christ died that you might be saved. He arose again. That shows that he has power over death, hell, and the grave to save your soul. These women and these men are here this morning to help you if you come. They'll kneel with you. They'll take their Bible. They'll show you how to be saved. Would you let God have his way in your heart? As we sing the verse for first verse, will you come as we sing? Just as I am. Will you let God have his way in your heart? Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to God. Or as a Christian, you're on the sidetrack, then why not get on the main line today? Just come. How wonderful these that are coming to surrender for water baptism and church membership. My, just this last week or so, I found out that Wilfredo Castillo was not a member of our church. I thought he was a member of our church, and uh, he's been in attendance long enough almost to be an honorary member. Uh, I thought he was a member. We've been praying for his wife, but... Uh, she's going to follow the Lord in baptism today, but Brother Wilfredo Castillo is coming by transfer of membership, and also uh, Mrs. Tay is coming for uh, 
membership also. You may be seated just for a moment, please. Feel like we've given opportunity to you to settle things with the Lord. And if God is moving in your heart, why, you ought to do something about it. Come right on down. The invitation is still open. Need personal workers down here, please. wonderful this one comes to accept Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. No greater joy than to see people saved unless there is a joy in seeing people make that first step of obedience in water baptism. And then of course according to our church covenant when you move from one place to another why well, you ought to be a member of a local New Testament church where that you can serve the Lord and, and be a part of the family of God and have the proper fellowship and guidance and that. So you that have come, why would you please stand here with these that you brought? Uh, yes, mom and uh, would you come with her? <clears throat> All right, here we are. Come on over this way a little ways. Get over by the... Why don't she stand over by... That's it. And the other one. Get the family together here. All right, we've got the Castillo family here. All right, uh... Suzette, would you give us her name and why that she came? Amen. Uh, just remain standing there. Uh, Mrs. Nava, give us that little girl's name and why that she came. Amen. Well, the Pasco family, Eva. Another Bosco. Amen. 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 She's a member over at uh, the Bible Baptist Fellowship Church and wants to transfer here. Uh, Ethel? Van, Mom. Van, Johnson.
Amen. All in favor of receiving these into the church, having heard their testimony and the way they're going to be uh, either baptized or transfer of letter, let's hear a good hearty amen. Any opposed, like sign. All right, there is none. We will proceed with our baptizing. The men will have their dressing room on this side and the women will have their dressing room on this side. I will need someone in there to help me since Arcelli is uh, dealing with uh, the other person. Okay. Ivy's going to be baptized today. Okay. Let's open our hymnals, please. Page 139. Hymn number 139. 139. Oh, Master, let me walk with thee. All together. Oh, Master, let me walk with thee in lowly path of service. Tell me that she help me bear the strain of Baptism is the picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of that, we baptize those who profess to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And these that are coming, why they're not being, their sins are not being washed away, because our sins are washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ, not by the waters of baptism. Baptism is the personal testimony of each saved individual that they are trusting in the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It also is the door to the membership of our congregation. Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. 
buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection to walk in newness of life. Thank you. testimony of faith in him I baptize you my sister in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost buried in the likeness of his death raised in the likeness of his resurrection to walk in newness of life all the people said <laughs> 